Hey, mothers and lovers. Welcome to Hella Smart Mothers. I'm your host, Nicole Delahousse. I'm a boy mom, a wife, and attorney by day. I'm sure you're wondering, what is a Hella Smart Mother? A Hella Smart Mother is a mom who wants to be the best version of herself for herself and her family, but mostly for herself. If this is you, welcome to the mom squad you never knew you needed. Hella Smart Mothers starts now. Hey, mothers and lovers. Welcome to Confessions of a Hella Smart Mother. This is your host, Nicole Delahousse. So the other day, I uh, asked a bunch of mothers and lovers who follow us on Instagram, um, you know, whether they believe that their relationship with their significant other changed after having children and if they were prepared for the change. And an overwhelming majority said that their relationships definitely had changed and that they weren't really prepared for those changes. And I know in my own, you know, marriage, I definitely <laughs> noticed a change after we had um, our first child and then an even bigger one after we had our second. Um, and it definitely seems that like having kids kind of puts like a magnifying glass almost on any problems that, you know, you're having in your relationship. And man, to be honest, I just feel like neither my husband nor myself had any like clue of like how the hormonal changes that come with having a baby like really truly affect the mom and I think consequently the dad too. And I know a lot of times, you know, the fathers are not really taken into consideration in terms of how having kids shifts kind of their perspective and their mindset too but it definitely is you know it, it affects both parties it affects both the mother and the father because having a baby and taking care of a newborn is just a huge shift in terms of like the balance of the relationship before it was all about you and your significant other and then all of a sudden there's this you know human being <laughs> that requires your care for literally every single need that it has and it just it really it really throws a monkey wrench you know into your relationship and as far as the the actual you know hormonal shifts in in the mothers you know there's the change in your actual emotions you know postpartum depression postpartum anxiety a lot of that is triggered by you know the, the hormonal imbalance that happens after after you give birth um, and, and probably even while you're pregnant, you know, the sexual desires, I don't know about the rest of y'all, but <laughs> that was a real big shift. You know, there's a physical change. I've already gone through great lengths to like clue y'all in on how different my body looks post kid to, uh, you know, compared to pre kid. And especially after having my second son, it was a huge shift. I have diastasis, I have a hernia. It's, you know, it's a completely different physical manifestation even of, of having, you know, my kids. And that definitely has shifted kind of, you know, my confidence and the way that I feel about myself and consequently has had, you know, an effect on my relationship with my husband. Um, and... I know that sometimes men 
and women, I think, we both think that, you know, okay, we have the baby, it'll be six weeks, because that's what they said, the doctor, you know, the doctor said you got to wait six weeks, after six weeks, everything's supposed to be back to normal, and that is a big crack of crap, and I truly, truly, truly wish that that wasn't, like, the number that people have in their heads, that after six weeks, like, everything is going to be back to normal, because that is completely a 1000% fallacy like especially if you're breastfeeding I know that I did not really quote-unquote feel like myself until probably about a month after I stopped breastfeeding and I breastfed my first son for 15 months and my second son for 13 months so you know add that up that's that's a big difference from six weeks and I think those expectations of of kind of what both parties expect following having the baby definitely causes, you know, a lot of resentment. I think also the lack of me time and the breakdown of like the friendships that you had before you had a baby, the lack of time, all of that plays huge factors in terms of, you know, our significant, our, our relationships with our significant others. Um, and I, Here's my disclaimer. I'm not a therapist or relationship expert or counselor or anything like that. But, you know, I wanted to share kind of five tips that have definitely helped my husband and I try to get through this kind of season of, you know, shifting from being a couple to a family of three to even a family of four and how that kind of just, you know, shook us and how we've we've had to you know, reverse course to try to get back to the good relationship that we had before, you know, we had this huge time suck (laughs) of children. And of course, we love our kids and we would do anything for them. But we also have to remember that before there were them, there was us. And, you know, definitely want to make sure that we're always making each other a priority. And and these are just some tips to help people who have said that they are struggling kind of with with keeping their relationship on track and as a priority of of things that that you can do to try to, to try to help that. And if you haven't had kids, here's some things that you can think of to do in the future. And if you have had kids, here's some things that hopefully will help you, you know, get back on track. So tip number one, communicate and be vulnerable. I know, I know that is generally easier said than done, but it is 1000% necessary. You know, none of us are mind readers, neither male nor female men don't know exactly what's going on with us after we've had babies and we have all these crazy hormonal things going on and physical and emotional and you know all of that and you know we don't know what they're going through either and I definitely will say that you know in talking to my husband and in talking to you know some of our other friends that it definitely does seem like the father's kind of needs and wants are definitely put on the back burner and I I will raise my hand and be the first to say that that was kind of my mindset as well and it's been a challenge to to kind of shift that to to remember that yeah I had the baby but their lives changed too and you know men and fathers are entitled to their emotions and their feelings and you know whatever just like we are and so definitely 
you have to communicate, you know. I think this is definitely a time that you have to figure out what each other's love language is and, and you know, use that as your guide to helping both communicate your needs and your wants and to help, you know, when you hear those things to to meet them. And, you know, your needs and wants are, are never going to be met 100% by your significant other. And if that's your expectation, then you're already set up for failure. <laughs> but, you know, when you communicate, at least it's out there. And then, you know, compromises can be made. I know a lot of people have heard the whole 80-20 rule, like, only your partner will only meet like 80% of your needs at any given time and then the other 20% will will not be met and like do you want to give up your 80 for that 20 and I know a lot of times that 20 can look real good to you (laughs) when you're not getting it but that is definitely something that you have to think about is that yeah at any time 20% of your needs are probably not going to be being met by your partner and you just have to adjust your expectations and to figure out what you can do, you know, sometimes to help fill that gap and and to communicate and compromise to figure out what you guys can do to get that 80% on track and then to figure out if you maybe can get another 10% as opposed to the full 20%. But just always know, don't have the expectation that 100% of the things you want and need are going to be met. Um, number two is find your squad, man. As, as new parents, you know, once that new baby smell wears off and all the visits and phone calls and, and, and checking in and all that stop, it can feel extremely isolating. So some of the things that I've done are, you know, I have a group chat with my friends from college and that's, you know, like, like I've said before, that's where the idea of Hello Smart Mothers came from is that we have a group chat and we talk about these things. We talk about how, you know, having kids has affected our relationships and we talk about how we feel like sometimes we don't have any time for ourselves and how we have to create that space for self-care and, you know, all of that. And we, we have those tough conversations with each other. And, you know, because we've known each other for, you know, a decade or more, we are usually able to kind of counsel each other almost and just be like, yeah, girl, I know that's crazy, but, you know, you got to look at it this way. So definitely find just, you know, get your group chat going on, join a Facebook group. I joined a Facebook group that was for moms who happen to be lawyers. And those are my people, man. You know, like we think alike. We have the same kind of, um, you know, I'm not a perfect mom. I don't want to be a perfect mom. I don't have time to be a perfect mom. And that's okay. You know, I'm okay with being an okay mom. <laughs> I'm okay with being a mom that my kids love and that my husband loves and that I love and especially to be the person that I love and if that means not baking cupcakes for the school bake sale and buying them from from Target I'm fine with that um I also you know this has taken me a while to get to because I'm a little bit I don't want to say standoffish, but I definitely am like an observer (laughs) in terms of I don't really like to just like join in on the group and like hang out, but go to a play date, man. Go to a play date with, if not your actual friends that you've known, like friends of your kids. It really helps to like have those moms who are kind of in that same, 
you know, season of life that you are with kids that are the same age and they get kind of the things that you're going through. And the same for dads. Like, if your kid's playing soccer, meet up with the dads after soccer game, go have a beer, shoot the crap, and, you know, just blow off some steam with people who are in the same kind of stage of life that you're in. Um, the next thing is make and keep plans with your friends. And I know it is super hard. I am the first one to tell you that I will be like, oh man, I ain't gonna be able to do it. You know, I'm tired. My kid's sick. My kid's tired. I'm sick. I'm sick and tired, whatever. (laughs) But you know, that I try to make sure happens few and far between. I definitely try to make time for my friends, both with and without kids. And that helps me to, you know, not be so codependent on my husband and that he's like the only other adult, (laughs) you know, kind of in my world and and vice versa. So I would definitely, you know, find your squad and and make those relationships, keep men, maintain those relationships so that you have positive outlets and you're not so stuck with your husband or your or your wife or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or you know whatever and you guys have other people that you can and lean on and talk to and 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 depend on um the third thing i would say is to create space in your day your week your month your whatever for you know your personal time i know self-care is a buzzword that some people hate but it's it's true you know Find that time with no babies, no kids, no significant other, no work, no responsibilities, like whatever. And just do the thing that brings you joy. You know, some people that's running or working out or just vegging out and watching reality TV, my personal favorite. You know, go to see your therapist, take a nap, get a mani-pedi, like whatever. But like just do something that brings you joy and just carve out that time and then stick to it. You know, don't make it a one-time thing. Make it something that you do continuously. And again, it can just be sitting on the couch, reading a book, watching TV, whatever, but just do something that you love by yourself. And, you know, communicate to your significant other that this is something that you need to do so that they're aware and that they're prepared, you know, to take over any duties during during that time. And I definitely think having that time kind of on the books that you know is your time will definitely, you know, decrease with like the resentment that, you know, your significant other, that that you guys feel towards each other. Because I'll tell you this, it sometimes feels like you're doing everything and that you never have time for yourself. And I guarantee you that your partner probably feels the same way. And not necessarily that they're doing quote unquote everything, but that they're doing a lot, that they're doing their fair share too. But you feel like you're doing everything or that, you know. And so I would definitely think that having that time to just do your thing and it helps, it just helps decrease any of that, any of that I'm doing everything. You know, take some time for yourself. And then the fourth thing I would say is, and and I'm sure some people will probably wonder why this is, you know, the fourth thing as opposed to like the first or the second, but the fourth thing is scheduling a regular date night with your, you know, significant other. And then also would add to that a semi-regular like getaway. So like go away for the night, go hang out with each other, no kids waking you up, no kids jumping in the bed in the middle of the night, that whole thing. And the reason I make this number four as opposed to like one or two 
or even three is because I definitely think that for you to have a good relationship with somebody else, you need to be in a good relationship with yourself. And I think having those other things, you know, two and three especially, specifically help you be a better you. They help you, you know, be a better you so that you can be a good partner to your spouse or your boyfriend or your girlfriend or like whatever. Um, But back to number four. So yeah, schedule those regular date nights, schedule those semi-regular getaways and, you know, whether it's one time a week, a month, like whatever, just figure out, you know, when you can have one-on-one time, just you and your significant other. And I know for a lot of us that that's really hard because we don't have family, you know, aka free babysitters around. So, you know, you'll need to be strategic about that. And one thing that my husband and I do is like we have lunch dates and it's a little bit different. We, we work at the same place, so I know that's not ideal for everybody but if you can get away and have lunch or coffee or whatever with your significant other I think that's a good way to not have to spend money on like a babysitter or find you know childcare or whatever and still create you know a little bit of space for you guys um and you know if you need a babysitter budget that you know put that in the put that line item in the budget um to make it happen and I know I'll tell you this, a five-hour sitter charge is way cheaper than a divorce attorney or a court filing fees and stuff like that. So if you think that that's expensive, trust me, a divorce or a custody battle or whatever is significantly more expensive. So carve out that time and make it happen. And then the fifth thing I would say is bring in a third party. No, not that kind of third party. (laughs) A third party neutral, i.e. a counselor, therapist, pastor, that kind of thing, who can help you, you guys, you know, work through any underlying issues. Um, You know, that's been a game changer in my marriage is having a a marriage therapist that just kind of helps us work through our issues. You know, You're two people who grew up in different households, raised differently, with different value systems, with different ways of communicating, with different, you know, emphasis on emotions and all that kind of things. And now you have created your own family and you have to kind of unlearn some of those things that you, you know, or bad habits, you know, that you had growing up. And it's hard to do that on your own, especially if you don't realize that they're bad habits or if they're, they're actually something that are, you know, hindering your relationship with your significant other. Um, you guys know I'm a strong advocate for therapy, both individual and couples. And again, total game changer. So and, and some people have asked, like how we have been able, my husband and I have been able to, you know, maintain those sessions. And I, t- I tell them that I treat it you know, just like a doctor's appointment, we make the time, you know, if, if, if this were an issue with our physical health, we would make the time. So I, I feel like your mental health and I, and, and truly, you know, your relationship has a big impact on your mental health. So I definitely would treat therapy sessions, couples therapy, whatever, just like I would treat a physical or a dentist appointment or an appointment to, you know, check my heart or my kidneys or like whatever. Um, and then my bonus 
that I, I wasn't going to add, but then I, I thought about this later, is to always just remember that you guys are on the same team. You know, being right or being wrong, like it doesn't matter if that right or that wrong is not what's best for everyone. So when you communicate, you know, don't communicate to try to convince the other person that you're right and that they're wrong or whatever, you know, communicate to be heard and then use that to try to come to kind of a middle ground for what's best for you, for everybody, not just yourself or whatever, but you know, what's best for, for your whole family. Um, so yeah, those are the five tips that I kind of have, you know, marriage and long-term relationships are really, really hard. And anybody who says that they're not is either lying (laughs) or they're not doing it right. (laughs) So it's really, really hard. And then throw kids into the mix that, that truly only compounds everything. So again, if you're preparing to have kids, you know, be aware that they will definitely change things. And I'm sorry to say it, but not for the better. <laughs> you know, if there's any problems in your relationship, it's a magnifying glass, it's a mirror, it's whatever metaphor you want to call it that makes your problems look and feel even bigger than they were. So don't think that kids are going to fix anything if you're having problems. If you're headed to a divorce court, don't have a kid. It'll just complicate the divorce. <laughs> but, you know, you can get through the rough patches if you work at it. You can, you know, if you want it, you just you know, just have to work at it. And also, you're not alone. Like, I feel like the percentage of people who answered on Instagram, it was like 88% of the people who answered felt like their relationships had changed negatively and that they had not been prepared for those changes. So again, don't think that this is anything that you're, you guys are weird or you're not a strong couple or whatever. Everybody goes through this. So just to recap, here are some of the steps that have worked for my husband and me. And definitely I would admonish you to at least try them. So the first thing is to have communication and vulnerability with each other, even when it's hard. The second is to find your squad of like-minded friends and other people who have been or are in similar stages of life that you're in. Number three is creating space for for your your me time and your self-care. Number four is scheduling regular date nights and semi-regular, you know, getaways. And number five is bringing in a third-party neutral, i.e. a counselor, a therapist, or a pastor. And then the bonus is always remembering that you're on the same team. Being right, being wrong, doesn't matter. Y'all are on the same team. So, you know, I hope every mother and lover who's struggling in their relationships, you know, you're not alone. I hope some of this advice has been able to help you and you're able to take actionable steps to maintain and strengthen your relationship and Bottom line is just know this too shall pass. Having kids, especially in this young phase when it's really, really hard, is just a short, short season and the long like life of your relationship. So it sucks in the beginning. It's hard. And I'm not saying that having older kids or teenagers are, are any easier, but it's less of like less sleepless nights, no breastfeeding, <laughs> you know, that all the hormonal stuff that goes with that. It, it's, it's still a lot. It's still work. It's still emotional labor, but it's different. And, you know, 
18 years goes by fast. Like, I'm already in year four, and I feel like I was, I just peed on a stick, like, yesterday. So, this too shall pass. Alright, mothers, lovers, thanks so much for listening to this episode of Confessions of a Hella Smart Mother. You know, follow us on Instagram at Hella Smart Mothers for more actionable tips. And subscribe or follow us um, on wherever you listen to podcasts to join the mom squad that you never knew you needed. Have a great night, y'all. Bye. Show editor and sound engineer for Hella Smart Mothers is Ray Smith of Speakerbox Media. Hello Smart Mothers was researched and produced by Nicole Delahousse, and the show advisor is Natasha LaFere. Hey guys, don't forget to subscribe or follow wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode.